Chad, you ever uh, you ever do any sports betting? You into it at all? Uh, the most I've done with sports betting was a few years ago. Uh, my buddy Tone, uh, he was doing he was doing a bit. He was actually doing pretty good. He was like he went from like twenty bucks up to eight hundred fifty bucks, and I was just kind of picking bets with him. But I never did make my own account. But I was looking at all the different stuff he was trying to bet on, and he was doing really good. And then all of a sudden, just like everything else, it went cold. <laughs> Plummet. Yeah. You, he, couldn't, he couldn't lose for a couple of days, and then it was all of a sudden gone. I made a pro line bet last night for the first time in twenty years. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I almost won sixteen hundred bucks last night. The Habs yeah. screwed me in over under on Jake Allen, uh, twenty eight and a half saves, and against Vegas, took the over because I thought Vegas was going to cream him. Vegas mm-hmm. gets one shot in the first period. Eventually, they win. Of course, I lost the bet based on uh, yeah. Jake and Allen and the Habs. Like really, I should have learned my lesson from uh, have any association with the Habs. I never bet on Lisa or Habs, man. I Never. don't. I don't even feel bad. Actually, for I don't even bet on, bet on the Habs. I bet on football if I do anything, and well, I have no personal ties to football besides Bo Jackson back in the day. That was it. Jay, I got a shout out for his buddy Tone. I got to give a shout out to my buddy Jr. That works with it at uh, at the uh, Coast Guard. He's edging me into sports betting ever so gently all the time. So uh, it's uh, it's it's a fun little hobby, and uh, and we've got a great guest today to talk about it. So. Um, We've got uh, we have Chris Abbott joining us. Um, we'll give you Chris's credentials now very shortly. But he's a native Newfoundlander and he's doing well for himself in the in the big city of Toronto. And uh, I'm going to leave it at that, guys. Get ready. It's uh, season two, episode six of the DSC podcast. Titter tatter. Let's get at her. All right, guys, welcome to uh, season two, episode six of the Deke Snipes LA podcast. We've got a great guest here this evening. Give us a hand, give us some insight. We got Mr. Chris Abbott. Chris Abbott's coming from uh, from Toronto right now. He's broadcasting from Toronto. Downtown, I take it. Is that right, Chris? Yeah, I'm, I'm right downtown. Yeah, about uh, about five minutes from uh, from all the entertainment stuff, uh, just east on Queen Street. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, Chris is the country manager, uh, so I'm, I think that's the total country manager for in Canada for Coolbet, Coolbet.com, where you can uh, do online sports betting. So we're going to get some info from Chris, hopefully some insight into that uh, that industry, and uh, see what we can learn because I'm a I'm a total newbie to it. I really am. I. Uh, I got a buddy of mine who every time I work with him, he's like, "Oh man, we got to put you know twenty bucks on this or twenty bucks on that, let it ride, and then we'll order some pizza and see how we do." Right? <laughs> so, and you know, it's, it is a bit of fun. Uh, it makes the game that much more interactive for us. So, uh, I do enjoy it. So, when the the possibility of this podcast came up, I was a bit excited about it because it's a chance for Thank me you. to learn something new as well. And Chris is a native Newfoundlander and local softball legend like myself, so uh, <laughs> I had to get that in there. A friend of the yeah. softball boys that are potentially listening, so. Uh, Patty, are you allowed to? You're allowed to be self-proclaim yourself as a legend. Is that what you just did? I mean, well, you, are, you can do whatever. You are, yeah, but, pretty uh, much. Yeah. Didn't okay. say I was good. I wouldn't want to roll out batting averages on the on the call. That's why I got into the yeah. to the volunteer I, and organizational side of the hosting nationals and those things. I choose personality rather than legend. I mean, people know us. <laughs> around the game, not to, not saying that we put a real big mark on the record books or anything like that. No. 
Fun when, times. What what you don't know is that when Paddy signed up to be on the podcast, he had to get the wide angle lens for his webcam so it fit his head in. Right. <laughs> Listen, I am I'm in no I'm in no place to judge about head size. I nobody <laughs> nobody could use my helmet and I could use nobody else's helmet uh, and vice versa. So yeah. I listen, I I I am no I'm in no way to, able to comment on somebody else's head size. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, yeah. Chris, I guess we need to we need to start off by uh, maybe if you can just give us a rundown of of uh, of your well where you're from. You I mean where you grew up and we'll talk talk a little bit about that. And, and how you ended up in uh, in Toronto working for Coolbet because that's kind of a well based on what I know about you that's, that's a long way from home and, a, and a, an interesting path to take nonetheless so if you want to give us some insight yeah it is it's uh it is a long way from home so I was born and raised in Portugal Cove um you know went to uh McDonald Drive Junior High Prince Wales Collegiate in St. John's started out at Munn and uh, chased a girl to Halifax. And that's probably a story that, that plenty of people who are listening have. Um, she's now married with two kids somewhere, I think in Ottawa. Uh, I haven't spoken to her in almost 20 years. So, uh, but I'm glad Maybe you listen to this podcast, her, you never know. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I'm pretty sure she doesn't. Uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure she doesn't. Uh, that was one of the reasons we didn't work was that I was a bit of a sports fanatic and she was uh, more of a, a TMZ or People Magazine or whatever was those the Kardashians. Actually, it was before all that. Like, I can't remember what she would have been into, um, but mm -hmm. she was more like an entertainment focused and it was all great. She's a lovely girl. Okay. Anyway, so I went to Halifax, uh, finished a marketing degree at St. Mary's University, um, moved back home in 2007. Um, and as, as you guys know, like there's not for, for business type jobs like that, like there's, you know, there's not a lot of like head offices in St. John's. There's not a ton of opportunity. So I ended up like uh, finding jobs that were like, you know, financial sales, selling people life insurance and stuff. A lot of my family works at investors group. Um, and, and, you know, I, I tried that and it didn't really work out. So um, ended up bouncing around, managed a couple of bars, coached some hockey, uh, did some stuff like that but honestly my life was in a bit of a rut and then uh, fell ass backwards into broadcasting actually which has got nothing to do with sports betting um, but in a roundabout way led me to it so I worked at East Link uh, TV in Nova Scotia with broadcasting in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League uh, and whatever else was going on in the region so I did that for four years and and uh, if anyone out there works in local cable TV they know that you're not going to get rich doing that either so um, a company, a brand called Odd Shark, which creates sports betting content. Uh, their studios were also in Halifax, and they had started hiring away a bunch of people from Eastlink with better salaries. Um, you know, people with talent, so like video editing, camera skills, things like that. Um, just technically, how to put together, um, you know, live video content. And I was watching all my a bunch of my friends go to this company, and and they're talking about how great it is. There's there's actually a, you know, a fully functional bar in the office. You know, they, they pay you well, it's all these good things. Right. And they're like, Chris, mm -hmm. you should come, you should come. But uh, as we've established already, I have no skills. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, you know, I can talk about sports. Um, but luckily, eventually they were looking for a content person to do some writing, do some uh, on, on camera stuff. And at the same time, while I could do that, I, even though I had grown up around sports, I enjoyed uh, kind of like the casino culture and things like that. I had never really meshed the two together 
when it comes to like, you know, playing a lot of pro line or things like that. Um, Cause I didn't understand the odds. I didn't understand what was important, uh, what went into making a bet, a successful bet. And of course with, with pro line, you had to bet uh, a parlay at that time it had to be at least three games. So that's right. Um, you know, the sports betting industry and the casinos and sports books in Las Vegas, um, they're built on people playing slot machines and betting on parlays because there's the, the probability of them winning is very, very low. Right. So anyway, so I did that uh, for a bit. Uh, I actually chased a, a broadcast gig to Hamilton, which I knew wasn't going to be full time and Odd Shark wasn't going to allow me to work remotely. So I was just applying for jobs. Um, I was on LinkedIn one day and I saw this brand uh, called CoolBet. And so even though I initially really came to Hamilton, there was, uh, or Toronto, there was a, a gig in Hamilton available. I worked uh, at the TV station there for a year. And also um, my girlfriend at the time was, was living here. So it was, uh, you know, a whole other a, a reason really I was trying to move to Ontario anyhow. And then, um, yeah, I found this cool back gig. Uh, they hired me, they were hiring a marketing role and I, and I took that on and then, they, um, a week after I was hired, I'd met the guy who I was reporting into and, um, I was like, this is not going to work. This guy has no idea what he's doing. So, um, unbeknownst to me, the company felt the same way about him. So a week after they had hired me, uh, they let this guy go and basically handed me the keys to the operation of the company in Canada, awesome. which I was again, not qualified for in any way. Um, but, but they asked me to do it. So I wasn't going to say no. And, um, and so here we are two years later and, and cool bets grown into, um, you know, it's, uh, it's still growing in Canada, but you know, we're, we're a player and, uh, you know, there's, there's bigger companies, but we've certainly made, uh, made our mark as well. So that's a, that's a short winded way about how I got here. And if, if anything peaked any questions, feel free to ask, but, uh, yeah, I, sometimes I still, I still have to like pinch myself and say, how did, how did you get here? Like, you know, yeah when I can stroll down to the Rogers center and watch Jay's games or, you know, last night at the Leafs game as well. Like, you know, um, can't go to too many Leafs games cause I don't make that much money. The tickets are absolutely <laughs> insane, but um, yeah, it was, it's cool. It's, it's a really interesting life. And, uh, and it's uh, ultimately been brought to me because of the sports betting industry. I was going to ask you like with the tickets and stuff, do you ever get any perks out of like betting? Do like, do people like you like that? Like, do you know people like that <laughs> people are like connected that. that way? Like, hey, uh, give me some tips and I'll give you some tickets, you know? Um, I mean, I, I suppose. Would. Uh, I suppose, but... Um, That's legal. Yeah, it's, no, well, that, that would be fully legal. There's, um, listen, I'm not... Uh, something that I have to, you know, stress to people is that I'm not a professional sports gambler. I'm a guy who likes to put some money down on the game. Yeah. Um, you know, like your buddy who likes to to grab the pizza there, Ryan, yeah. and, 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 you know, do that. But, you know, I am in a position where, you know, people like my contents. Um, you know, I, I talk, I talk BS about, about sports and I have a little bit of insight, but, you know, I would never, I would never want people to think that I have some sort of insight that they don't have or couldn't Secret recipe by Chris. Like Adam. I wouldn't, I wouldn't accept gifts uh, <laughs> because there's nothing guaranteed in, in, in this industry for sure. No, I guess you got to be careful with that though, because of the addictive gam uh, the addictions tied with gambling and those things that uh, any messages that you are relaying out there, whether it be on a sports net or on a podcast or something uh, has to come with the disclaimer that it's not, 
it's not a given that it's gonna come through it's a projection or it's a prediction yeah yeah it's it's a reality that um you know gambling is addictive i mean i i've I've had addictive gambling behavior in the past. Um, yeah. You know, and you, you got to be careful. You got to be really careful yeah. and you've got to put limits around what you do and, and how you view, mm-hmm. um, you, how you view gambling. It's, it should be entertainment. You should never gamble more money than you have to, to lose. You should only gamble with money that you are happy with never seeing again. Um, yeah. and, but it is, it's a, uh, it's, it's a real risk. And um you know, that's another, that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm quite proud of our company is that we have probably, um, uh, not probably, we have a responsible gaming program that is stricter than it needs to be. Uh, our founder, um, he's no longer with the company because we, uh, we sold to, uh, or we were acquired by a, a NASDAQ listed firm, but the guy who founded the company and was, was the, uh, you know, founder CEO when I was hired, um, I've, I've witnessed him speak to a customer who was, you know, begging uh, to be allowed back on the site. And he's like, no, you cannot afford to gamble here. We do not want your money. And, um, you know, when I saw that and I saw that profit wasn't the ultimate goal, um, you know, that gave me a real good feeling about, about cool bet as well. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, we have a whole department dedicated to it. Uh, if people are spending, you know, over a certain threshold, uh, we investigate, we ask, we ask for you know proof that they're able to sustain any kind of losses. Um, you know, if it gets to that point, we have little check-ins that you can do. We also have you know you can set deposit limits for yourself. You can put your account on pause for you know 30, 60, 90 days. Um, you can self-exclude all these things. So um, it's something we take very, very seriously, and and um, that's one of the things I'm proud of about our our group. Sure. That, that was actually one of my questions. I'm really glad Patty got into that, especially so early on, because I myself, like, I, I always find that I have, an, I guess, for lack of a better word, an addictive personality. Like, when I get into something, I get into it. Like, whether it's when I was a kid collecting beach stones down, down the land wash at home, or now in podcasting, where I just want I just want to keep going with things. I, I just, I've always been a little nervous about uh, sports betting and, and in, in a similar way to, to a VLT machine. In that way, I did. I wouldn't want to get in over my head and not really realize I was getting there. Because I mean, like everybody, you've got your responsibilities. You got work and a family and kids, and uh, and that kind of thing was playing in the back of my mind. But I always wondered how I could do it and do it sensibly and safely, where you know I could set my own limits and 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 it just literally just be for fun. You know, dedicate a hundred hundred dollars a month to it, just play with that money until it's gone type thing. You know. Yeah, it's um, you know when you sign up for at our at our site, you have to. Uh, go through a step that says, you know, what would you like your deposit limit to be per day, per week, per month? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you set that up. And and once you set that up, getting a change is a massive process. Like you can't, you can't be like, oh yeah, but I, I'd like it to be higher now. Uh, it doesn't work like that. Like it, once you set that to get a change is a like a week's long process. We have to clear it with our regulator, all these things. Um, just because it's it's so serious and you know that's that's one thing that's different from from a VLT or a casino like I've yet to walk into a casino or a bar where you know (laughs) someone's going to stop me and say excuse me sir can you afford to do that now you might have like a pit boss or a dealer or a bartender who does care enough to ask but mostly I mean especially for bars back uh, back home in Newfoundland I'd say you know I don't think it would be outrageous to suggest that 70% or more 
are solely operational because of their revenue from the ALC. I, so I there's there's a conflict. There's a certain certainly a conflict there um, yeah. when it comes to trying to slow down your player. And uh, you know we do it too. Like I, I watch revenue walk out the door every day because we have these responsible gaming procedures in place. But at least I can sleep at night knowing that you know this person's child is uh, going to eat the next day. You know, it takes the imp- yeah. it takes the impulse buying out of it. You know what I mean. So that's where a lot of addictions come with come from. And I used to laugh. You go to a bar and you see uh, VLT machines, and right in the middle of the VLT machines is an ATM. So. Yeah the whole impulse buying so that if you do have a to wait a week for your deposit limit to change, that impulse is probably already gone. Um, so it's, it becomes a personality or a psychology play, but um, yeah, good to hear that you guys are responsible that way. And would the federal government put any restrictions on that? Like, are you enforced to do put those measures in place? So yeah, so it's it's a real interesting landscape for for sports betting and casino operators in Canada. Up until this year, any site that wasn't the government monopoly was considered to be operating in a gray market, um, which basically meant that we were unregulated in Canada, and it left a, it left a lot of a lot of things open. That basically, if you could operate a site that could accept payments. Um, you could, uh, you know, you could, you could take people's money with no, no government oversight. It did not exist. Now, most, most companies like ours, we hold multiple gaming licenses. So in Sweden, uh, in Estonia, in Malta, uh, and the Maltese gaming authority is the, the gold standard in the world. Right. But because it's in Malta, which is, you know, like an offshore, maybe a tax haven type place. Um, people don't always necessarily look on it as as uh, legit, you know, which is but it is it's the most strict uh, gaming license in the world and Canada and even to a degree, the United States outside of Nevada and New Jersey had no legislation in place. Recently, earlier this year, the federal government here in Canada basically changed its criminal code, uh, which for a long time stated that basically only the the government uh, in each province or territory could regulate sports betting. And that's why it always had to be a parlay. That's why it couldn't be a single game bet. And that's why people could go to sites like ours, uh, you know, like sports interaction, Bodog, bet 365, all these people that are in the, you know, the same industry as we are and they place their bets, but they weren't placing their bets in Canada. They were placing their bets outside of Canada. And you just had a site that existed that was reputable enough that would pay you. Um, if you want your bet, basically is what it came down to. Now, all those sites uh, are beholden to their their regulator. So for us in Canada, we're regulated uh, through the Maltese Authority, which does mandate all these responsible gaming things, right? And mm-hmm. now um, what happened in Canada this past summer was that the provinces and territories all have the ability to set their own regulation. Some provinces like Ontario, are opening up to full free market competition, which means DraftKings, FanDuel, um, you know, MGM, Caesars, all these companies are gonna be mm-hmm. operating for Ontario customers soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, a province like BC has decided, no, we're gonna do it all on our own. And mm-hmm. I think that's the wrong model. I think the, you're gonna see that, and I think the ALC is doing the same thing. Like 
they want to they instead of seeing how easy it is to get the tax revenue the registration fee from these already existing um best in practice uh, companies that exist that just aren't licensed in your province or territory then you know giving them a haircut off the top charging them a, a fee uh, and charging them a percentage of the revenue and just not taking on the risk you've got bc and i'm pretty sure alc also uh quebec um alberta is is trending more towards uh open market but manitoba as well as another province that is trying to do it in-house and with that they're assuming all the risk on their own they have to develop all their um all their software they have to develop all their practices on their own rather than uh what's happening in ontario which is going to be a full full-on competition and and the reason i think ontario is doing that is one they have a massive population so the tax revenue could be insanely massive. high for them but also, and most importantly, is is Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. So the professional leagues want their American professional partners to be allowed in into Toronto. Oh, makes sense. And uh, so that's why we're there. But anyway, it's a roundabout way of me saying that here in Ontario now, uh, you know, you're going to have to um, when you open an account, you're going to have to go through all that responsible gaming stuff. You're going to have to prove your identity. So you're going to have to submit, you know, photo ID, utility bill. Um, all these things to get you pre-approved as a player, um, which, you know, is is largely for responsible gaming, but also the other massive factor in, in our industry is money laundering. Mm. Uh, you know, if, if you are depositing using whatever the financial instrument might be, whether it's a credit card or a bank account, and then you're withdrawing to to a bank account, it's, it's, it's a real good way to, to kind of funnel money. Uh, so... Right as big as our responsible gaming department is our, our AML department is, is twice as big. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of info. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, and I'm sorry for rambling there. There's no, 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 no. I, I, I could have listened to you go on in for another 15, 20 minutes. That's, that's awesome, man. Like that. <laughs> like, and again, that's why I was excited about this podcast because I really wanted to learn the ins and outs of, of how this operates without asking my buddy who, every time I asked him, he's like, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, something else with, with our company that I'm again, insanely proud of is that I have the freedom to speak freely. And for a long time, uh, this industry was kind of operating in the shadows. For example, when I worked at Odd Shark, we were indirectly owned by the people who own Bodog, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's changed there or not, but you know, our mandate was to promote promote Bodog first, and then you know, you then you can talk about other companies if you want. They looked after us while there, but I never knew where the money was going. I never knew who my pay was coming from. Like it was all, you know, it was all kind of hush hush. When I moved to Coolbet, oh, wow. I, I saw a list of shareholders. I met the, you know, the CEO and the CFO personally. You know, I, I know I know the girls in accounting. I know where the, you know, so so it's just more open and, and they're fully, um, you know, the, the biggest, the biggest uh, key in our company is transparency and honesty. So you know, we're fully encouraged to talk about how much money we take in, how much money we pay out it, on our site. You can see a list of every single bet that we take in and for how much it is. Um, this is information that most, most companies don't want to share. Right. So again, yeah, it's, it's, it was, it's hard to get this information out. So I'm more than happy to, to speak about it. And if it helps somebody understand a little bit more than, then excellent. I was just going to say, because uh, when we're always looking at who we're going to get on next and what angle, what do we want to know about? Because we want to learn about something. 
And uh, yeah, when Patty said he was going to get you on and sports betting, like that's one something we haven't considered yet because I'm not into it. Like as such, I do like listen or watching uh, some of the fantasy footballers on TV or something like that, just purely for entertainment. It's not like I'm grabbing my Yahoo and like going crazy with it, which I probably should be because I'm not doing too well. But <laughs> it's fun, right? That's my 50 bucks down the drain, but it's a bit of fun with my friends. But uh, yeah, I never thought about it. Let's have a podcast about that. And I like it. That's actually, I'm interested in just relating with the uh, government regulations and having province having control kind of, I think of the liquor stores and you said Alberta is probably going to be open market. It just fits that province and that's the way they look at things. And there is benefit to that as well. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm not surprised the Atlantic provinces are holding it pretty close to theirs. Uh, I think um, for a lot of years, uh, first of all, you know, I have uh, personally I have a hard time knowing that the, you know, the regulator is also the sole operator. Like there's mm-hmm. something that doesn't uh, sit well with me for that. Like even in I Ontario, agree. in Ontario, they were, you know, things were supposed to be fully open and operational by December. And then um, now it's like after the Super Bowl. So they're not even hiding the fact that they want to keep control of the market for you know, the few weeks remaining in NFL betting because they know right. they're going to lose a massive chunk of their player base to, to outside companies. Um, you know, so until that time, we're still operating in, in a gray market environment here uh, in Ontario and in every other province. So, um, you know, but, but we're working through the regulatory. There's companies in our, in our space that probably don't want to work through the regulatory. They don't want to pay the, you know, it's, it's something big, you know, it's like a hundred thousand dollars a year just to be registered. And then um, I can't remember. It's a pretty high number. uh, The tax they take off your, off your revenue, like it's in the double digit percents. So, you know, that's, that's revenue that companies who've been operating unregulated are going to lose. Um, some companies like ours welcome that, like any country we operate in that is fully regulated, we're fully compliant there. Uh, again, and it's just another reason why I, I enjoy representing this company is that it's, it's, it's all out there on the table. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of the wild west or it had been the wild, wild west for a little bit. And, and now I'm glad that it's, it's being brought into, uh, you know, a regulatory framework where, you know, I don't know about you guys and, and I'm in the industry, so I might see it a little bit more, but every sports broadcast now has some sort of reference to the betting odds. It wasn't like that when we were growing up, like there was no, no. no uh, maybe, you know, boxing and horse racing, yeah. but now, you know, every game, like you'll, you could see probably last night in the Leafs game, you know, maybe the Bruins, they, they just said set whatever their odds were to come back and win after the second period or something like that. So it's, um, it's interesting. It's only going to get bigger. I know Sportsnet is, is getting set to announce a major gaming partner, you know, TSN will do the same. Um, there's a major competition underway right now for brands to, to gain partners who have a lot of exposure and that only makes sense as well. Yeah. And no, I've noticed, like I, I've noticed wholeheartedly actually in, uh, in the last year, for sure, a lot more emphasis being put online uh, from a marketing perspective with regard to like, like bet 99 is pumping out sponsorship when it comes to like i mean gsp did a did a recent uh promo for those guys like they've been doing a lot to get their name out uh front and center um and uh, it's really interesting because like i said that that just hasn't been the case until really recently you know yeah those guys uh have a very interesting marketing strategy i i gsp must be a shareholder with those guys there's 
I don't know. Um, you know, they came on the scene about the same time we did in Canada and we, we have a totally different approach, uh, to marketing. They are spending an absolute ton just in branding and it works, right? Like they've got their name out there. Um, you know, we prefer, we do some, but, but we do a lot more direct, a lot more digital marketing. Um, and, and most likely probably because we have a smaller, smaller overall budget. Uh, there's companies, DraftKings included that are that are have a long-term strategy of of brand recognition and player acquisition uh over revenue and last year for for DraftKings in marketing they spent 300 percent of their revenues in marketing which is not a winning strategy um <laughs> for your investors but i guess they've sold it to somebody uh or enough people that hey this is this is our plan uh, I know they came out, I, uh, you know, I get industry reports, DraftKings lost like $1.8 billion uh, so far this year or, or last quarter. It's something crazy God. because, because of the insane marketing spends. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of still, a, uh, there's going to be winners and there's going to be losers and there's different uh, strategies and, and eventually the industry will shake itself out and there won't be as many players. So, you know, is, is the bet 99 strategy of massive marketing spends, uh, going to equate to them having a bigger player base and therefore bigger revenue base, or is a more, um, uh, kind of conservative approach that, you know, that we have, or that, uh, you know, even like even FanDuel, they're, they're a massive company, but they don't spend the same kind of money on marketing that, that like a DraftKings or, or MGM does. So you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and which companies have success long term. Well, I mean, a big thing that comes to mind when 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 you're talking about that, I mean, I, I equate everything back to my own personal experience. Now, I worked offshore here in Newfoundland for, for years and uh, working with different drilling companies. You see, again, different approaches to the same end goal. You see some companies are just I worked for Seadrill for a little while and they were just pumping money, billions and billions of dollars into new new infrastructure, new rigs, new, 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 new. But again, uh, that's. That works in, in a time frame when nothing changes. But like like you guys, I'm sure, have experienced during the pandemic, that affected certain businesses hard. But anybody who's operating online or doing some some of those businesses tend to prosper because people had nothing else to do. Then there's the end that pe- certain people didn't have as much money as they used to have because of lost revenues and whatnot. So it all depends on how the environment around you changes, which is going to dictate which companies come out on top, really. Yeah, no, that's a it's an excellent way to put it. You know, we um, our industry did very well during the pandemic. You know, it's not something that I kind of run around talking about because um, it was very hard on a lot of people. But you know, we had we had uh, our company. We were acquired. Um, you know, and we had massive massive uh, activity on our site because people were at home and their entertainment was yeah. um, their enter- entertainment Im- um, options were limited. Uh, land if you if you were already a casino player and, and all your land-based casinos were closed or your local bar wasn't you know allowing people inside um you know you could go online and play so yeah it was it, well, it was good for our industry so you're absolutely right it's uh it's very much about the environment it's very much about the behavior of your customer and eventually what what they want um you know the there's another there's another side of that and it's it's the marketing side like you can spend all kinds of money on brand awareness, but if your product at the end of the day, especially in this industry, isn't fair, isn't transparent, 
isn't easy to use. It's not easy. You know, people don't hold on to your money or charge you to withdraw your own money. Um, you know, those things are, are ultimately what, uh, what are determining factors for players in this industry, I believe. Yeah. So to the, to the individual gambler, you, you pretty much touched on it just then. You've got a lot of competition out there. Like really, what, what are those key areas, transparency being one, but to the individual gambler, like what are they looking for when they look at a, a bow dog, a cool bet, a draft kings? Um, is it based on potential payouts, options? Um, like what are the, like why would someone choose cool bet versus someone else essentially? Yeah, so I think the most important part for any consumer for any business online is trustworthiness. You know, if you're giving somebody access to your money or your, you know, your um, financial instruments, whether it be your visa or linking a bank account or whatever, that's mm -hmm. the ultimate in um, sensitive information when it comes to individuals, especially here in Canada. So to me, I think the trustworthiness of being able to get that money back and get it back in a timely scenario uh, or timely fashion is, is what people look for most often. Uh, they look for transparency. They look for um, just kind of breadth of offering, um, you know, your sports, your casino, your poker, whatever you have, um, you know, different types of games. And then ultimately when it comes to sports betting, um, you want to have enough betting markets for people to bet on. Like, you know, everybody offers uh, win or lose or total points over under or what have you and spread or whatever. But, you know, the more markets you can offer in terms of individual player props, um, you know, futures odds. So futures is a term um, kind of like the stock market, but it just, it means the outright winner at the end of the year, basically. So if you ever hear anything about a futures market for the NHL, say, um, that means the Stanley Cup champion or, you know, the right. Calder trophy or who's going to have the most points. So that's what's referred to as a futures market. Um, so you need to have all those things. So ultimately, Patty, yeah, to answer your question, it's trustworthiness and transparency, ability, ability to get your money on and off the site um, without any hassle. That's ultimately what people look for. And, you know, I've, uh, I've had accounts at every site there is to have in Canada, and I've had varying experiences at all of them. You know, some companies will, you know, say there's a two to three day processing time to turn it around and they end up holding on to your withdrawal for, you know, seven days or more before you get it. And that's a strategy because they want you to cancel your withdrawal and, and keep your money on the site. Whereas, you know, a site like ours, we strive to turn it around within 24 hours and you can lock your withdrawal with us. So that's another responsible gambling feature. Um, you know, if, if I win some money and I want to take out, you know, $300, um, when I do that, I can click lock it, you know, don't let me cancel this withdrawal. And that means that, you know, that money is coming back to me. And if I want to put it back on afterwards, that's fine. But it, again, it's impulse control, right? Right. So, um, you know, that's an important feature, I think, for people as well to know that that we're not messing around with your money. Like if you make a withdrawal, we're going to pay your money. It sounds simple, but it's not always uh, that straightforward with some companies. Yeah. Now, what about player incentives, Chris? Is there anything in CoolBet, like, do you guys offer any kind of like, like you, you get a free bet or this kind of old stuff? Like, I don't know much yeah. about that end of it, but I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge part of our marketing efforts. So, uh, you know, there's every company has a sign up bonus when you, when you sign up. Um, so for people who are new to sports betting, you'll see all these, these flashy sign up bonuses, right? Like sign up and get $500 in free money and all these things. That is true. You will get that money, but there's a catch. It's called the rollover requirement, which means you have to bet 
um, you know, with our company, it's, it's anywhere between three and six times the bonus amount before you can withdraw that money, before it actually becomes yours. Um, with some companies, it's as high as 20, 30 times of the bonus. So, it, you know, you get a free $500, but you've got to place then, you know, $10,000 worth of wagers before that money's actually yours. And then, you know, the marketing theory behind that is you're going to lose that before you're able to spend it and get it, right? Um, so with our, with our company, I think uh, on our initial deposit bonus, it's like a six times rollover. So we do 100% uh, match up to $200. So then basically we give you $200 to play with uh, on top of your initial $200, but you've got to make $1,200 worth of wagers to get that uh, unlocked is what you call it, um, where that money is free and clear and actually yours and not just in a bonus account. Um, on the site now on top so so that's one thing to look out for if you're ever making a deposit um you know i think they're good if you if you aren't in a hurry to get your money back but if you just want to put your money down and, and take your money back then you know don't take the deposit bonus if you don't need to um but then in terms of free bets and things like that yeah and there's uh there's a whole set part of this industry that is is very much marketing uh very much targeted marketing so we'll segment players based on the amount they deposit, the amount they lose, um, their average bet size and things like that. And then automatic offers will go out and say, you know, um, you know, maybe Ryan, you don't play a lot. Maybe you only play five bucks a week, um, but we're happy to have you play five bucks a week. And if you, if you don't play your five bucks a week for a couple of weeks, you might get an email that says, Hey, Ryan, haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. You know, here's, here's $10. Now maybe Patty's playing 2000 a week and he's losing it. That sounds like Patty, uh, actually, on both ends. I'm cheap, actually. I'm just using it uh, as an example. At that point, yeah. you're going to have, you know, a loyalty manager reach out to you and you'll be, you know, in our VIP program. So there's, you know, and, and those people, you know, might get hundreds of dollars of free money um, right. because right. they're a high value customer, right? So there's, there's varying levels of that. Um, just as kind of like a land-based casino, right? If you go into, yeah. you go into Caesar's Palace and, and you're losing 10 grand a week, um, they're going to be real nice to you because they want yeah. you to come back, right? <laughs> right. Um, but also if you go to Caesar's Palace and you lose a hundred bucks every six months, they're still going to be nice to you because they want you to still be loyal to their brand and they see you as a potential, um, you know, $10,000 player down the line, or they see you as somebody who's like, no, but maybe we'll, you know, we'll make two grand off this person per year, which is still two grand. Uh, right. And then the off the offers just uh, change accordingly. Such it's such an interesting industry because at at, at its core, it's still designed to make money. You know, oh, the, people who, the people who own the business is still designed to make money, and that's that was always my my hiccup with VLTs. Was I remember when I was nineteen, I put my first twenty dollar bill into a VLT, and I lost, and I was like, okay, well that's it for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. because I I just looked at it as a machine that was designed to take my money, and I wonder how sports betting is different in, in a sense i'm guessing because you you're in, in a sense betting on your own knowledge of the sport that you're watching or betting on am i am i correct in saying that that would be the key yeah. difference between the machine and, and, the, and the personal bet yeah and that's why there's you know um 2000 vlts at a casino and there's eight sports betting windows you know um it's right. not a big profit generator for um, the operator, yeah. uh, unless it's done in, you know, in pretty high volumes. So that's why online is attractive to people who are in this industry, because it's a lot easier than manually 
going up and filling out a ticket at a at a casino or, or what have you. The the way that sports books ensure that they make money is this. So as we're recording this right now, the Tennessee Titans and the Los Angeles Rams are playing the Sunday night um, football game. The spread is seven and a half points. One of those sides of that bet is going to win. So it's not like you play a VLT and you hit that button all night and you may or may not win. If yep. you bet on if you bet on both sides of that game of seven and a half spread, somebody is uh, going to win by more than seven and a half points, or somebody's going to keep it within seven and a half points. One of the sides of that bet is going to win. Yep. So that's where you get into what's called the juice or the price of a bet. So okay, we're going to bet um, that the Rams are going to win by eight points or more. That that's taking the Rams on the spread there. The price on that is going to be minus 110 or 1.9 if you see those old pro line odds. And what that means is, okay, we're taking your bet. We're not paying you back 100% though on that bet. We're going to pay you back 90% profit. So if you bet $10, we're going to return 19 to you. The theory in that is that the people who bet on the other side are going to lose all their money. And we're still getting a percentage of your theoretical win if you win your bet, you're betting 10, we're not giving you back 10, we're giving you back nine. So the way that the risk is calculated is that, um, you know, the book is always going to profit at some point. So for example, say you wanted to guarantee yourself to win a bet, right? So you could bet plus seven and a half and you can bet minus seven and a half. You can have bet both sides of that, mm-hmm. but both sides of the price are gonna be minus 110. So the bet that you lose, you're gonna lose your $10. The bet that you win, you're going to gain $9. I'm still getting $1 from you, even though you've okay. bet both sides. That's right. right. It's similar to how roulette operates. Mm-hmm. You could cover all the, all, all the black numbers, all the red numbers on a roulette table. But every now and again, that double zero is going to come up. And that's where we're going to get you. Yeah. It's beyond me. Roulette's my favorite game in the casino. <laughs> Still shocks me, and, I, and you know what? I don't believe it. Apparently, it's the worst odds in the casino. Uh no, no, that's not true at all. Um, oh yeah. If you're playing the numbers, like if you're playing the inside numbers, it's not great. Yeah. So even if you cover every number on the roulette table, right? There's 36 numbers plus uh, the zero, double zero. So say there's 37 or 38 outcome possibilities. If you cover all the numbers, uh, you're only getting paid 35 to one when you hit that winner. So that means. Even if you cover all of them, you're not going to get all your money back. So that's exactly what I was talking about. If you bet both sides of the game, but the price is minus 110 on each side, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to still get that one or two dollars, even if you've got the winning bet guaranteed. Um, so it's it's you know, that's the house edge. And ultimately, that's that's where all the math comes from. You know, when you look at sports betting, when you look at any other game. Awesome. Where cool. where do you think? especially with legislative changes this year in Canada, like where do you think sports betting, whether it be for your company or the industry, where do you think it's, where's, where's it going to end up to like in the sports card business? Now you see NFTs and all these things. Um, like what's the, like, where's it going to go next five, 10 years? I mean, it's hard to imagine that it's going to be more prevalent than it already is in terms mm-hmm. of sports leagues and sports broadcasts. So everything is going to be um, available to be bet. 
you guys have seen in the NHL that they're, you know, they're experimenting with um, pucks with, with, you know, digital information. Yeah. They've got RFID on the players. So mm -hmm. I presume that, you know, we're getting to a point where, you know, what was Connor McDavid's um, top speed in this game, you know, over, under, whatever. Like, I think right. we're going to get into more of that, that, that really individual um, type of bet that you can make, you know, how far did the soccer ball travel in a match, you know, you know, over, under, whatever. Blockers. Like, I, I think, I think that's where it's headed. I think, you know, all the, all the broadcasts are going to be uh, very sports betting heavy because it's proven and I can vouch for it that even if you're not so much into a sport, like say, for example, I don't know, tennis for me. I, mean, I, I don't, I'm never ever going to sit down and just watch tennis because I love tennis. But if I've got a bet on, you know, Novak Djokovic to win or for him to cover a certain spread or whatever, you can be sure that I'm going to sit my ass down and watch that yeah. tennis all day. So yeah. that that's part of it. And then the live betting aspect is, is a place that still uh, needs, needs growth. And uh, you know, Pete, you can bet right now, speaking of tennis, you can bet who's going to win the next point, you know, in golf, you can bet which guy in the group is going to win that hole. Um, so more live betting opportunities, mm -hmm. uh, you know, will the Leafs score on this upcoming power play, things like that. So yeah. eventually, yeah, you're going to be sitting there with your phone in your hand, whether you're at the venue, whether you're watching on TV and, and it's all going to be about instant like we talked about that gratification and instead of having one bet on a game you know maybe you look down and you've got 10 bets on a game and ultimately that's what the what the industry is going to want you to do and it's right. fun for people um so yeah we're going to see a lot of that we're going to see a lot more regulatory changes i'm sure um so once we get past these first couple of years in canada um you know and there's obviously going to be things that pop up there's going to be things that get regulated out things that that are going to be available for offer that that the governments uh and the regulatory boards are going to say no we don't want that to be available here so i think it's going to be a lot of a lot of shaping how things are going to be uh offered from companies and then yeah like i mentioned earlier i think there's going to be um a lot fewer operators i think we've already seen it we've already seen a massive um, trend towards mergers and acquisitions this year. And I think that's going to continue to happen uh, over the next five years as well until we've got, you know, two or three totally dominant brands. Yeah, it's really interesting because when you were talking about that, I, I got to thinking about uh, just recently, a couple episodes back, actually. If any of you guys are listening, haven't listened to the episode, we did an episode with uh, Mr. Dean McDonald from the Newfoundland Growlers. Now, Dean is heavily invested in, uh, in e-gaming as well. He's big, big time connected in that industry in the States and, and company enthusiast. Yeah. So I was, when, when, when you were talking about that, I was kind of bridging the gap between the two. If a person was able to sit at a game with their phone in hand and be actually betting during the game, uh, it would create that much more of a, of a interactive experience for a fan who's just otherwise just sitting there drinking beer and, and eating pizza and cheering when I get, when a goal goes in, you know? So, yeah, you're already seeing it. You're already seeing it. Um, companies are are launching betting lounges in their buildings, um, you know, branded betting lounges. And you talk about e-gaming, uh, that's that's emerging. It's actually massive right now. You can bet on people playing Counter-Strike or Call of Duty or whatever. There's odds on these things. So 
Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie Ready Player One, but I wonder if we're not headed to some form of that in our world where it's it's all online. Like people are going to be betting on Madden or NHL, you know, yeah. EA Sports, um, as much as they are betting on on the actual um, sports. It's already happening. Like it's already available, but it, that'll probably also become way more widespread. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, with the emergence of Twitch and everything, people are just watching this flat out. So it's uh, yeah, I could definitely see it going that way quickly. I don't sure. know. I, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm old, right? So I don't understand, but I understand that it's it's coming. I don't understand yeah. the appeal for me, no. but I understand <laughs> for younger people, it's yeah. coming, right? So we have people that that stream um, playing slots online, and people love it. They can go on Twitch right. or YouTube, and people are live streaming themselves playing slot mm-hmm. machines, and they have these followers that that watch along with them. So I think it's part of feeling, um, you know, uh, feeling the connection the to a community connection. as part well. Of a little bit vicarious, yeah. right? Like, you yeah. know, you see a big win, you're going to feel that vicarious win. You know, it's yeah. a little bit exciting to watch. I guess. You see, I that, it. You see that the kids market now. My daughter is always on YouTube watching kids open uh, presents or gifts or unboxing prize right? balls. Like that's that's a thing these days. Like she thinks she's some part of, of stuff she's unwrapping it as well. Ish. It's really I funny. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know if it's healthy for us or not, but uh, it, it's it's what it's what is real, right? Yeah, That's yeah. the thing. Like it's it's what's happening. So I know I have the same thing. I have a nephew who's you know constantly watching these guys on YouTube and wants to order their the stuffed toys oh, the from merch. their yeah yeah. So I mean it's yeah it's, it's going that way and and uh, you know we already see it. Like we are you know for our marketing we use we use sports. Um, uh, personalities as influencers and things like that so you know that's the same kind of idea it's like an adult's unboxing i guess is is carrying what your favorite uh, sports personality is doing when it comes to their betting yeah like my kids barely watch tv anymore it's all ipad and they're gonna watch their favorite youtube personalities because they're gonna watch somebody do something they enjoy doing themselves all the time and they're gonna learn how they get to do it as well and it's, i get it it's more interactive it's more personal absolutely so, well, if you ever need uh, any uh, no-name newfies to, uh, to plug your uh, your site, just let us know, right? If you're looking for to reach that Newfoundland market, <laughs> yeah, we'll do for sure. I mean, we we um, yeah, I, that's the thing. Like, I wanted uh, there to be a little more um, opportunity for regulatory changes out east because yeah. you know I do see some some areas where I'd like to partner, but um, you know the advertising restrictions are still going to be are still going to be tough for, for us if we're not uh, there as a full registered participant. So yeah, it's uh, hopefully it's coming. Hopefully the ALC will see the, the error of its ways um, yeah, and, and open up to, to full on competition. Um, yeah. You know, but you know, we'll see, we'll see. Well, let's yeah. talk about some of your, your connections now in the Toronto area. Cause I know you, you're providing some content for Sportsnet, and you've been, you've been dealing with Ray and Dregs with their podcast and whatnot. Let's just uh, chat a little bit about what you've been doing in the Toronto area on that end yeah so we talked earlier about you know marketing spends and for me you know i think Coolbet as a brand gets more play out of being partnered uh with ray ferrero darren dreger um with justin bourne and jd buckus at sportsnet um you know with dustin nielsen in edmonton uh andrew patterson in winnipeg um then then buying you know board advertisements at the acc for tens of thousands a night you know 
so yeah, we, um, we, we are, a, you know, major sponsor with the range regs podcast, and I'm fortunate to get to go on there with those guys, uh, most every week. And, you know, it's great for me personally, cause I'm, I'm building connections with these guys who are, you know, massive, um, insiders in the NHL, um, yeah. and, and just huge Canadian personalities as well, but it's great for our brand. And I think when I talked earlier about transparency and credibility, then, you know, getting kind of the, uh, getting the, the blessing of, of these guys, it goes a long way. And same thing at Sportsnet. You know, I go on the fan every Friday morning. We do a, a you know, a betting segment there. And to me, that's money better spent. Um, at, you know, both of them obviously are part of a, a marketing agreement. It's not that they just love me and want to have me on. You know, there's, there's uh, contracts there. But, um, you know, I think that's a more creative way to, to reach people and build the trust of your brand than to just plaster it all over a uh, broadcast. Oh, well, Chris, uh, when I started listening to the Ray and Dregs podcast, I don't know when you became a sponsor of the show. And I'm like, they reference you on one of the podcasts. I'm like, can't be the Chris that I know. <laughs> I know. So, <laughs> quickly look up. Good for you. I, I, I say that as a compliment to yourself that um, that we've known each other for, for many, many years, decades yeah. uh, to be uh, talked about in, in detail by Ferraro and Dreger. <laughs> it's wild. pretty, it's pretty cool. That's, yeah. You know you've made it's, it, really. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's I feel the same way. Should why, like how, uh, you know, the, and that one in particular is quite quite funny. So, I just moved to Toronto, as I said, when we were starting this um, starting this cool bet thing, and <laughs> I was listening. I heard this podcast because the coolest thing, one of the coolest things about living here, is that you get TSN and Sportsnet just in your car. Like you know, it's it's there. Yeah, yeah. They have radio stations here. And I was like, the Ray and Drake podcast, I'd never heard of it. And they were still early on. They had probably put out three or four episodes. And uh, it was simulcast on the TSM radio station here. So I heard it and I was like, huh, I don't hear any sponsors. So I literally Googled Ray and Drake's podcast and they had this, this webpage, which honestly, they were just starting out. Like it wasn't flashy or anything because it's not a TSM production. The, those guys have, they're working with an outside agency to produce this yeah. Yeah. and TSM picks it up. So I'm like, oh, okay. So it wasn't through TSM and there's literally like a contact us button. And I wrote, I'm like, Hey, how do we become a sponsor? And a guy wrote me back, set up a meeting. Um, I, I, I met with their, you know, their producer who's based in Vancouver, wonderful guy. And, um, you know, we hit it off at a good, uh, good meeting. And next thing you know, we're, uh, we're sponsor of the show. And I, I will say that, you know, my broadcasting background, my personality, I think, I think struck a chord with, with both Darren and Ray that, you know, oh, this guy's pretty good. Like he knows what he's talking about. They want to have a sports betting segment. Again, I'm someone they can trust to, to know how to play along in the broadcast world and not say something stupid. So yeah. And then it just kind of grew from there. And like, I went, uh, I went for drinks with Darren Dreger. I'm like texting my dad. I'm like, this is so wild. That's like, awesome. You know, the yeah. guy you see on TV every night. And then I was in Vancouver and, and uh, we're involved with the Vancouver Whitecaps. So um, that's where Ray is based. And he was like, Hey, are you at the soccer game? I'm like, yeah. He's like, Oh, so am I. And then I met him on the concourse for a beer at halftime. Like, eh, it's so weird. Um, but yeah. really nice guys, uh, super passionate, so busy. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, the amount of work these guys put in and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's wild for me too, Patty. So don't be, you know, when I see myself on there, I'm like, what the hell am I doing on there? Oh, it's good for you, man. I'm really, yeah. Uh, That's awesome. And you know what? You, you talk about how you hit it off with the boys. Like, 
the whole Newfoundland thing. They got they love dealing with Newfoundlanders. I'm sure trustworthy people know it. So yeah. it it all helps. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's funny. Like um, back back to you know telling dad because you know my parents uh, and I you know loved them to death. But like they would never ever consider like moving out of Newfoundland or even Portugal Cove. Like we can't get dad to move to St. John's, let alone <laughs> you know move out of the province. So you know. I think it's for him, it's very cool. Like it's, um, you know, it's something that he only sees on TV and, and uh, you know, I've had the fortune to run into some people, um, you know, when I, even when I was doing the, the East link thing, like uh, I was in the press box at uh, the rink in Halifax one night and, and here's Chris Pronger sitting right next to me. No and I'm like trying to play it cool. Right. You know? And um, he saw that I had, uh, so Nicholas, this is when, I can't remember if it was Nikolai Ehlers or Nico Heischer. One of them were playing in Halifax. So obviously everyone was stopping by to see them. And um, I think it might've been Ehlers was suspended because I can't remember Heischer ever getting suspended when he was there, but they had come in to see, let's call it Nick Ehlers. Maybe it wasn't. And uh, I happened to have the clip of, of the hit that got him suspended on my computer. So I heard them talking about it. They're like, oh, he's not playing it. I'm like, well, you guys want to see this clip? So I got like Chris Pronger over one shoulder, Luke Robitaille is there. And they're like watching. <laughs> and I'm like, this is absolutely insane, right? Uh, so back to back to telling, telling dad about it. He's like, you know, go get their autograph, get a picture. And <laughs> as much as I want to, right? Yeah. You can't do it. And I think those no. guys appreciate when you keep that discretion there as well. So I think there's... There's a part of that, uh, you know, there's being easy going and then, you know, not, not doing being the fan, fan thing. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, you try and be a peer and not be a fan, which is very, very difficult because of course you, you are know, a fan <laughs> when it comes, <laughs> yes. when it comes to, you know, those guys like, you know, Chris Pronger, Luke Robitaille and, and Mark Recchi was there one night and it's like all these guys, I grew up, like they were my heroes. Right. Uh, and then of course with, with Ray and Darren and, and they're on national TV every night and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. But I think that that builds to the trust as well. When you, you know, you know, try and try and keep it cool. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. We, we have the same experience here actually, because uh, while the podcast is still really new, we're, we've, we're into, I don't know, we're somewhere in the vicinity of 30, 40 episodes now into our second season. And we're lucky enough to have a sponsor come on board. He likes our content and likes what we put out and it's been working well for us, but we get a lot of in, in reaching out to people to see if they want to come on for a chat. Uh, of course, we introduce ourselves as, you know, some Newfoundlanders, pretty humble crowd. We, we you know, we're not a big deal yet. We're, we're, we might never be, and that's not what it's about for us. But uh, like, you know, if you like to come on and chat with some people from Newfoundland and get, get, you know, have a chat, get your message out or whatever it might be. And people are always just so embraceful of, 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 of the Newfoundland connection, you know, like, oh, yeah, the, I, one of my best buddies, you know, he, his, his, bro, his brother lived in Newfoundland for two years, you know, we, we, every time we went to visit, we were drunk for four days, and, or, you know, I got a neighbor down the road, you know, I've known him for years, he's from the island, you know, such a great dude. There's always a story or a connection, I was there when I was a kid with my, you know what I mean? So, so people always got that connection as well with Newfoundlanders, because we are a different, different breed, that's, that's, uh, that's a given. Yeah, it goes a long way. I think we're we're known for being knowledgeable when it comes to hockey, especially uh, and sports. And uh, yeah, it's um, I. So one of the things during the pandemic, I listened to a lot of uh, and watched a lot of Alan Doyle on YouTube because there mm-hmm. was many, many, many nights where I was sitting here in my condo, which is not big, like seven hundred and fifty square feet or something, like maybe eight hundred uh, if you count the patio. 
And, uh, you know, just, just dead of winter, locked down in Toronto, not allowed to go anywhere. So I'd be drinking uh, and, and watching, like, you know, no sports on because everything's cancelled. So watching old Alan Doyle clips um, with Corey Tedford and Kendall Carson. I just love their music. Yeah. And uh, I, I came across this one night. Uh, Alan Doyle's telling the story about Russell Crowe coming to Newfoundland. And he was talking about... Um, you know, they, they were in New York City together and like the paparazzi's chasing him around. This is around the time, like, you know, like throw a phone at somebody or he did something. He did, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, in New like, York or something. Even got arrested, right? So yeah. paparazzi's chasing him around and, um, you know, you know those guys obviously close friends. And, and so Russell Crowe's in St. John's with, with Alan Doyle and they're walking down Water Street and kind of looking in the, the window of one of the shops there with, you know, maybe it's like the Newfoundland shop or something like that. And, um, you know, Alan Doyle says, like, the CBC van pulls up. And uh, he didn't say who the, who the person was. And he's like, hey, Alan, uh, uh, can I talk to you for a second? And, and he was like, yeah, sure. He goes, uh, is, that, is that Russell Crowe over there? And uh, he, he goes, yeah. He goes, uh, think you might get a picture for the website? Uh, he was like, yeah, you know, he's just trying to keep low profile. And I was like, okay, cool. And left him alone, right? Yeah, awesome. uh, and when he compared that with the, you know, he was being chased around by paparazzi and helicopters in New York City. So there is something to that when uh, when it comes to Newfoundlanders and, and just being respectful, you know. Yeah, yeah. I heard the same story. Meg Ryan, when she was here, she was at the Newman Wine Vault for. Her. She's a big wine all right, and uh, and she was walking down the street. She she had she had commented on this to someone about her visit to Newfoundland, and uh, and she walked by uh, by a. a the young fellow, I gave her the, the wink and the nod, right? And she thought that that was odd. And uh, and then she walked by another another couple, and then and, and the guy said, "What are you at, Meg?" <laughs> that was it, right? <laughs> She's like, "I still don't know what that means." <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, it's yeah. A, it's a unique place that way for sure. But yeah, oh guys, you got anything else for Chris? I don't want to keep him all night. He's got he's got a nap to resume. So <laughs> <laughs> I learned a bunch. I got to say. Um... Oh, awesome. Last night I, I I made my first pro line bet. I'm gonna say definitely 20 years. And from back in the day where you'd pick your minimum of three to your maximum of six only on games. Uh to me last night picking over and under on Alex Ovechkin, uh hitting four and a half shots, or that was the was the over-under. Like that's just uh crazy um i can't wait yeah. to do it again next saturday i'm gonna i'm gonna bet responsible i think that's the message yeah. we're gonna send out to everybody nah. today but you're you're okay. you're in a growing industry chris which is which is fantastic and you've come a come a long ways from from when we were all playing uh, on the ball field which is great for you man yeah Listen, no, you're, you're gonna do your uh safe bet i'm gonna do my five dollar five game long shot and try to get it like up to twenty six thousand dollar range somewhere you know and just totally Place away my five bucks, but you know. Yeah, but here's, how, here's how I look at that: is like, how many people stop into Marie's and pick up a case of beer and a lotto ticket on Friday night? Uh, yeah. If if you can actually bet on some outcomes that are more likely to happen uh, than a lotto ticket, then then why not put your five bucks down, make a crazy ticket? If it hits, yeah. great. If not, you're in the same spot you were when you didn't win the Super Seven. I attempted to learn the, uh, I mean, a small attempt to learn the college football thing. Where you just bet low and just bet often, and I just didn't have the patience yet. I might do it, but you know, bet small, accumulate you need a lot bets. of. You need first of all, you need to have no family to bet college football because that's all day Saturday. Yeah, and it is. Uh, show me, show me a guy with a family that's able to book off all his all day Saturday and then roll that into NFL Sunday. 
I don't Never think that's yeah. over very well. Well, like I said, it was a small consideration. Like I was like, hey, that, that could work. And I was like, no, okay. It cannot work. Yeah. yeah, that's great. All right. Well, we won't keep you any longer, Chris. Um, for uh, actually over half our listeners are in Southern Ontario, which is interesting. So for any of you guys who are Ontario residents and uh, you're interested in Coolbit, uh, coolbit.com, I'm guessing, Chris, is... is, is yeah, you- yeah. Head on over. I mean, uh, it's still... Right now, um, so in Ontario, things won't change. Like we'll all, we'll be continually operational um, with the regulatory. You can still we're still available outside of Ontario right now. Don't know how that's going to look uh, in a few months. Although, uh, you know, even if we launch a different brand or something like that, uh, uh, as we work through the regulatory environment. But uh, yeah, anyone can check us out, and uh, more than happy to have you. And if anybody has any questions, they can always contact me directly. The best place is usually Twitter. Uh, my handle is at CoolBetChris, Chris with a K. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to uh, to help guide anybody through uh, setting up um, their sports betting career well, there you go yeah you can't ask for more than that actually yeah absolutely all right man thanks so much for coming on thanks for making the time more than anything like i said we're really appreciative because if you thought you made no money in uh, in local cable you make zero in podcasting okay yeah so. i know i know i i know it's a it's a grind <laughs> it's a it's a passion project it's a labor and, of uh, love for us so yeah. no, thanks thanks for making absolutely. the time man appreciate you it buddy are, you guys are doing a good job keep it up and uh, happy to come back anytime great thanks, thanks chris thanks man have a good one bud all right that's chris uh you guys knew chris beforehand which is cool it's good for you guys kind of, sort of, yeah. yeah yeah kind of um I, I that's it's the first time it's the first time i would venture to say in newfoundland podcast history that we had two local softball legends on at the same time right i mean it's more than the making yeah yeah well there you go that's true yeah, yeah. yeah. i think chad you got more of a career to me and chris in softball right now or has yeah, been that's slow pitch man Knocking down yeah. those championships and slow pitch, man. Look out. It's all that's mm-hmm. fast pitch for us. We can't play that slow pitch stuff. I know, right? I mean, that's love. Don't even try, man. There you have it. Six feet. <laughs> six feet minimum. And that's what this podcast has become. <laughs> <laughs> no, but old uh, guys. We I mean Chris, Chris, real gentleman. Uh pleasure to have him on. What as you can tell, guys, what you see is what you get. And that's typical with Newfoundlanders generally. What you see is what you get. Chris is a great guy. Uh, and he's doing well for himself because he deserves it. So uh again, can't say thank you enough uh for Chris Popman. And uh I learned a lot. And that's what I really wanted here tonight because I want to learn a little bit about it. I should have asked him if he knew anything about cryptocurrencies. That's the only thing that I don't know anything about that I want to learn. But anyway, that's a topic for another podcast. Um, no, guys, I, uh, I I got to give a shout out, of course, to our sponsor. Um, none of this is possible without uh, without the input of uh, PHG Sports. PHG Sports, uh, based out of Whitby, Ontario. Um, again, they deal heavily in uh, in sports memorabilia and merchandise. So if you're looking for any uh, any gear, photos, cards, you name it, signed by uh, signed by your favorite athletes, check them out. They're at www.phgsports.com, or you can get them at uh, at uh, your local Costco. They uh, they run uh, they run Costco Roadshow all all throughout Canada, and uh, yeah, uh, make sure to check their website for updates as to where they are and where they're going to be, and uh, swing by, have a chat with the guys. Uh, I promise you won't be disappointed. So again, www.phgsports.com. If you're looking for more DSC content, uh, don't hesitate. Jump on Facebook, www.facebook.com/deeksnipeselly. Uh, 
Uh, we got a new graphics guy. He's going to be doing some work for us. He's a real talented dude. Uh, we're also in the process of looking for some blog writers. So if you know anyone who's a hockey fanatic and doesn't necessarily need to get paid because none of us do, uh, wants to be part of something cool and see something grow, uh, tell them to drop us a message at TSC. Uh, we'd love to get people involved. So again, we're on Twitter at uh, Sally Deke. And you can catch us on YouTube, of course. Just search Deke Snipe Sally, and that carries all of our videos, uh, everything you can imagine. And finally, uh, www.deeksnipeselly.ca. You'll get everything there. So uh, everything that we create, uh, whether it's videos, memes, articles, it's all shared on www.deeksnipeselly.ca. All right, guys. I guess that's it for me. If you guys are all good, I'm going to peace out. All good.